Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to all. This is LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776 is the phone number. We've had an action-packed show so far. That's right, an action-packed show. First half of the show was outstanding in terms of, look, got a lot of calls, got a lot of people just voicing their opinions, and an outstanding interview by Miles Simmons of Pro Football Talk, former Rams team reporter had a lot to talk about in terms of the Rams what Jared Goff what they saw back in 2016 and then also too what the trade means for I think the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay and then also he got into a little bit of Raider talk as well so we got a lot uh, that you can listen to if you missed that interview you can always go to our ESPN Los Angeles uh, Twitter page our, our website make sure you go in download the, the podcast L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. So a lot to uh, digest. If you missed that interview, go grab it, listen to it. I thought it was phenomenal. But now we take a break here. It's halftime. It's halftime on L.A. Gridiron Weekly. Yeah, just like in an NFL game, I need halftime. And halftime is where we regroup. We regroup and we talk about, okay, what's upcoming? Because that's in the NFL, that's the way that I've always learned because – you always have a plan. You go into every show or every game, and it's like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And then all of a sudden, you get to the game, and it goes a little bit different. And you get in at halftime, and this is where I regroup. This is where I take a little bit of a breather in order to say, you know what? I want to make sure I'm listening to the fans. I want to make sure I'm listening to you because this show is not about me. It's not about you. It's about us, right? So 877-710-ESPN, 877 3776 at Kirk Morrison on Twitter. And so far already, a couple people have reached out to me, just a couple questions. Um, and one of the big questions here in Los Angeles is that to, it's kind of funny, right? Because this is a position that no one talks a lot about. Okay. They don't talk a lot about this position. It's not one of the most glorified positions. It's not a, um, uh, it's not a position in which, you know, you're going to get fantasy stats. Okay. You're not, it's just, that's just part of what it is. You're not going to get fantasy stats. You're not going to, um, they're not going to get the interview after the game a lot of times, but I'm glad that the fans reached out. And one, uh, gentleman on Twitter reached out to me about the center position. Yes. The center, the guy who spikes the football, because it actually is an important position. For both these teams here in Los Angeles, the Rams and the Chargers, let's start with the Chargers first here. The Chargers, their center, Mike Pouncey, retired. Longtime NFL center, brother Marquise Pouncey um, was the um, center as well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the Pouncey brothers decided to retire. And in their retirement, now Big Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a new center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Same thing with Mike Pouncey retiring in Los Angeles as a Charger Guess what? You're going to have a new center. Now, the Chargers have filled that gap. They filled that hole. They went out and got Corey Lindsley, the center for Aaron Rodgers the last four or five seasons in Green Bay. So now, look, they filled that position. Yes, I'm talking about centers. I know people, look, you got to understand, this is the person. Look, I played center, okay, in Pop Warner. Now, I didn't do it in high school. High school, I was a linebacker. I was a running back. But I played the center position. And growing up in Pop Warner, I had a coach would tell me, like, just always remember this, son. 
because I didn't want to play center. I was off. I wanted to play tight end. I wanted to play running back. You know, I want to play more of a glorified position. And my coach, I always remember this conversation. He sat down. And maybe this is probably what he needed to tell me in order to make me uh, <laughs> play center. But I listened. I listened to what he said because he sat me down and says, look here, Kirk. You're the most important player on our offense. I said, but how, coach? I'm not the quarterback. I'm not the running back. I'm not the tight end receiver. He was like, but Kirk, understand. We cannot start a play unless you snap the ball. You are actually the only player on our team that will touch the football every single play. And when he told me that, you know, you can hear, you know, now the wheels are turning in my head, right? The wheels are turning in my head. I'm saying, you know what? You're right. The center position may not be the most glorious position or people might not recognize it the most, but I'll tell you this, the more and more I thought about it and I started to play it, I realized how important that position is in terms of line calls, line adjustments, helping out, being the extra set of eyes for the quarterback. That position is one of the most important in the NFL and it doesn't get talked about enough. So you have transition now in Los Angeles for both teams when it comes to the center spot. Okay, Corey Lindsley now will take over and be Justin Herbert's eyes, the extra set of ears. He'll be able to see the field more and talk with his young quarterback going into his second season. That's a big upgrade for the Chargers on that side. As far as the Rams, their center last couple of years, we know a couple of years it was Joe Sullivan. I mean, John Sullivan, he retired. Then last year was Brian Allen. He got injured. They moved Austin Blythe from guard to center. And now Austin Blythe was a free agent. He goes now, and he's off in free agency. And so the Rams will be now filling that position again. Will it be Brian Allen? Will it be Coleman Shelton? There's a lot that will be going on. So now you've got a quarterback who has the experience. So it's kind of the opposite, right? The opposite for the Rams than it is for the Chargers. Chargers, you got an experienced center, young quarterback. The Rams will have an experienced quarterback, but a younger center. So they work well together. But, yeah, so I just want you to kind of listen to that a little bit, some of the analysis I wanted to bring on that situation because it's a position that if you didn't think about it before, now this year when you're watching football in 2021 in Los Angeles, you'll – hopefully you feel like you got smarter. You can say, hey, did you know the Rams got a new center? Or do you know that the the, uh, the Chargers, they've got a new center? So that's something that I would love for you to throw out there and say, hey, you got it from L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. One of the, the, the topics that I definitely wanted to get into, um, and Miles Simmons in the last hour talked about it, because it's been the big offseason story. The big offseason story has been the trade, right, for Matthew Stafford over Jared Goff. And so a lot of – we couldn't – the thing about it with the NFL was that the trade had already been discussed and made, but yet it didn't come – it didn't become official until later on, right? It didn't become official until the league year started. So we had to wait. We had to kind of sit on it, and we never truly got – the information or why, what were they seeking, you know, in terms of Sean McVay, 
Jerry, I mean, Sean McVay, Les Snead, they were trying to figure out, look, they couldn't say why. We all wanted to know why. Because the last that we heard from the Rams, it was Jared Goff was our quarterback right now. And then all of a sudden, boom, he was traded a couple weeks later, and we had to wait until the trade became official before anybody could talk about it. So we'll get to some of that sound as well, because I want to get to that sound. That'll be coming up uh, in the next segment. But we've got a couple more phone calls. Let me hit a phone call here. We'll come back with that sound, because I want you to I want you all to hear what it sounded like coming from Les Snead, Sean McVay, and understand what I think Matthew Stafford, that trade, has meant for Los Angeles. Let's go to the uh, to the phone line. Let's go to uh, Gardena, Manuel in Gardena. You're on L.A. Gridiron Weekly, Weekly with Kirk Morrison. Manuel? I think we lost Manuel. Manuel, you there? Line one? Okay, well, I guess we lost Manuel. He'll call back. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. But, yeah, um, Les Snead, he made some comments about Matthew Stafford. And more importantly, he made one comment that's kind of got me scratching my head. Scratching my head a lot because he's expecting something. And look, can it happen? Yes. Is it likely? Yes. But man, you're asking a lot. And I'll tell you what that my response to what Les Snead is talking about coming up next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. X going to give it to you. X going to give it to you. Uh, Rest in peace, DMX. Uh, Rapper. Actor, songwriter, hype man. <laughs> um, I always say that if you've been to a wedding or two, you've probably heard a DMX song, right? I'm going to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. Or y'all going to make me. Look at that. I'm messing the song up. But, yeah, shout out to DMX. Um, rest in peace. And uh, thanks to Steve Pallett, our uh, our producer and engineer today, giving me a little DMX on the tunes as we come in and out of break here on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN 877-710-ESPN the phone number 877-710-3776 so Les Need has had some has had to talk about this trade over the last couple weeks uh, about Matthew Stafford the acquisition of Matthew Stafford and what this means for the LA Rams because when you draft Jared Goff in 2016, where you traded first round picks for Jared, and then all of a sudden you give him the big contract, the contract extension, and then two years later you trade Jared Goff away, people want answers. We got questions, but I need answers too. I'm going to give you questions, but I need the answers. And so recently, um, you know, Les Need has given some of those answers because we all knew that there was something that was going to have to be done, especially at the end of the year in a week 17 matchup for the Rams to get to the playoffs. They had to do what they had to beat the Arizona Cardinals. But remember Jared Goff had broke his thumb the week prior against Seattle. They started a guy who had never started an NFL game before had never even played an NFL game. And John Walford Walford goes out there wins the game, plays well. Not great, but you saw some things that John Walford did 
in that game in week 17 that, look, you honestly, you scratched your head and said, wow, that looks a lot different than what the Rams have been seeing in Jared Goff. And then fast forward to the next week, the NFC wildcard matchup between the Rams and Seattle in Seattle. I know Jared Goff had came off of thumb surgery, but who was going to start at quarterback? That was the, the, the conversation all week long. And Sean McVay and Les Snead, they made the decision to start John Walford in a playoff game. Now, he got injured early on. Jared Goff came in, played in relief, and the Rams won in Seattle and moved on to take on in the division around the Green Bay Packers. But still after that, I felt that the decision then, that decision to start Walford when I think Goff was healthy enough, obviously he was healthy enough because he came in and he played, Played okay, played pretty well, understanding the circumstances. But to start Walford in that situation just told me that the Rams may be in the mood for a trade in the offseason. That trade finally came about, and Les Snead had some, had some thoughts on that. And the first thing that um, he said is that the trade was just too good to pass up. It was a, a unique opportunity that, that that leads to a very tough decision because obviously Jared's done a lot of really good things for us and, and definitely has a future and can continue evolving and, and, and get to what you might call uh, Matthew Stafford levels. But at that point in time, we felt like uh, it was too uh, good an opportunity for us to pass up based on where we are as a, as a football team organization at this point in time. Yeah. It was too good to pass up. So Matthew Stafford out there, and obviously because, look, they fired the head coach in Detroit, Matt Patricia. They hired Dan Campbell, the new head coach, uh, formerly of the New Orleans Saints as, I think, tight ends coach. So obviously they're going to go into rebuild mode. They had just hired a new general manager in Brad Holmes, who was former director of college scouting with the Rams. And so obviously you have that, uh, everything going on in Detroit, and Matthew Stafford said, I want to be traded. I've been here for 12 years. Um, I'm ready for a new fresh start. This team is kind of in rebuild mode. And look, I, I, I don't want to be here. We see it in the NBA all the time, right? NBA guys, look, I, trade me, please. Just let me get out of here. If this is what you guys are going to do, I, I'm, I'm just too much. I'm further in my career right now at this point that I don't want to be here for this. And so, look, the opportunity was there. And Les Snead said it right there. It was an opportunity that it was too good to pass up to get an experienced quarterback like a Matthew Stafford. And I think the hearing Snead again, that this the experience that Matthew Stafford brings is something I think the Rams honestly want to see. Well, I think the the part we felt that he may have is the is the experience, right? Uh and and the reps and seeing it just it matches who and where our team is in terms of our, our core players on both sides of the ball, uh, we have a lot of right skill players. We've got some defenders uh, that are in that prime of their career. We've got a, a, a coaching staff that's in the prime of their career. In the primes of their careers, meaning that right now is the time that they want to they're, – they're ready to win. They're ready to take this offense, this team, to heights. And look – I, I give the Rams a ton of ton of ton of uh, ton of praise here, because how many teams would have rewarded a quarterback with a new contract and said, you know what, we're going to play this contract out regardless. 
regardless of what may happen in terms of if you try to trade them or you try to move on from them, what may happen? It's going to cost you a ton of money. It's going to cost you dead cap space. But then also, too, it's kind of like you got egg on your face a little bit because the situation didn't work out in your favor that you thought it would. And yet McVay, Snee, and the Rams decided, you know what? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to make this choice. We're going to get out from it. Look, they did it the year previously with Ty Gurley, another contract that was, you know, some said may have been too early. And yet Ty Gurley, once he got the contract, you know, honestly, wasn't the same back. Now, a lot of it was due to injury. And so they had to pay a Ty Gurley for money that was just dead cap space because it was already owed to him. So the Rams have shown that, look, not only will you reward your players, which, trust me, if I'm a free agent, if I'm a player being drafted, I know the Rams will reward me. But if things don't go right, they're, they're willing to say, you know what? We'll walk away from it. We'll move on from it. We'll put the player in a different situation. And look, I think that's best for both sides. But how many teams do we know would just have to just sit there and worry about the cap and they're worrying about this and they can't do it and they're just trying to, what is it, put a, a square in a round hole and it just doesn't work. And you're trying to, pre- it just doesn't work. So it's okay to say, you know what? I messed up. Let's start over. Let's do something different. The Rams are doing that. They are doing that. And I give them a ton of credit and a ton of praise. Because you're seeing around the National Football League right now, we've been talking about it, as the draft approaches, teams are doing what? Teams are trying to draft quarterbacks. All right, Some teams at the top because they want to reset their roster. They want to reset their roster. They want to reset the salary cap. They want to be able to go out and get free agents. They want to bolster their team. The Rams, as much as we may talk about it or not talk about it the jared golf situation benefited the rams a lot more than people may think because he was on a rookie contract for the early part of his career before leaving the rams and they were able to not only get some players they were able to get a jalen ramsey they already had aaron donald but they were able to get some marcus peters and Aqib to leaves eric weddles you know what I mean? Brandon Cooks. This is what you're able to do when you have money to play with because you're not paying the quarterback just yet. But when you do pay the quarterback, can he produce at that level? Jared Goff, well, he couldn't produce at that level after the contract. And that's where you move on. And now teams are starting to realize that formula. Draft a quarterback. Hopefully he is good enough. But in that three to four, maybe five years before you have to pay that quarterback, you can build your team up because you have a contract that's friendly for the roster, that's friendly for that that franchise before you have to pay them the big money. Because when the big money comes in, look, trust me, it's going to be difficult. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're a good team. They are a good football team. A lot of it because of they weren't paying Patrick Mahomes a ton of money yet. His contract now starts to get into those extension years. So he's got some signing bonus and all that great stuff, but they're not paying him that kind of salary cap money just yet. So the Chiefs were built on a rookie contract. That's the formula in the NFL. That's why teams are trying to go and get these quarterbacks. That's why you may see four or five. So as much as some people may say the Jared Goff experiment didn't work, I will tell you so many reasons why it worked 
and why I think the Rams have benefited from it so many different ways that people just don't even understand. But a lot more I want to get to here as well. 710 ESPN, the number 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Keep your questions coming, even on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison, even on Instagram, at Kirk Morrison as well, hashtag L-A-G-W. But coming up, we briefly touched on it last week. I want to get more into it now. 17 games. How do you feel about 17 NFL games? I was used to 16. I played in 16 when I was an NFL player. But 17 games? Are you ready for a 17-game season? want to know your thoughts coming up next here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison on 710 ESPN. Back here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly, I'm Kirk Morrison, eight-year NFL veteran, Five years with the Raiders, a year in Jacksonville, a couple years in Buffalo. Been covering the NFL for nine years now. Can you believe that? Nine years. I cannot believe it, man. Where the, has the time gone? But covering the NFL the last nine years, played in it. So I guess I'm coming up on almost 20 years of covering and well, the being league a part is following the of the National Football League. But yeah, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Been answering all your questions on Twitter that you have for the program. Like I said, this is not my show. This is not your show. This is our show. This is our time just to talk about football and football in Los Angeles in particular. But the one thing that that has come, come across over the last couple of weeks uh, was the announcement that the NFL will now be playing 17 games a season. 16 games are no more. There will be 17 regular season games and three preseason games. So, yes, they cut the preseason down by a game, but yet they added it to the postseason or to the regular season. And we already know they added a extra postseason game already. Uh, We saw that this past year. Correct. So we had three games on Saturday and Sunday of the wild card weekend which everybody says, oh, no, there's too many games. Too many teams are making the playoffs. And I'm like, dude, you look at the NBA. Look, 18, 16 teams make the make the playoffs in the NBA. It's only five or six that really got a shot. Like, come on, let's be real. At least the NFL, look, they added a team, and a team that didn't win its division won the Super Bowl in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, look, I was always all for adding the postseason games because so much can happen in the NFL season. Injuries happen, right? Guys get healed up their back or suspensions. Guys, I mean, teams get on a hot streak, bye weeks, all of that. So I was all for expanding the playoffs. But when it came to expanding the regular season, there's two sides of me here I want to tell you. There's two sides that I have here. So I have my former player side. The former player in me, No, (laughs) I don't want 17 games. 16 was good enough. I used to have my sort of routine. My routine was I would break the season down into quarters. First four games, the next four, then the next four, and then your final four. And then hopefully you get to the Super Bowl or, or the playoffs. But I knew I had a guaranteed 16 games and I would, you know, go about it the way that I did. But now 17 games as a player, I wouldn't like it. 
at all. So that's the one side of me. Now, the other side, the analyst hat. <laughs> the analyst hat tells me 17 games is going to be good. It's going to be good for the players in terms of more money, more revenue, bigger pieces of the pie. Because all in all, it comes down to revenue. It comes down to can you generate more revenue, and more revenue means if you have more games, and that means more money, obviously, for the owners and the teams, but it's also going to be more money for the pockets of the players. So as an analyst, that's the part that I had. That's the part that I had to go out. And so now this is one of the things now that when I look at this has been in the books for not been on the books, but this has been on the deck for a long time. And DeMora Smith, the the president of the NFL Players Association or executive director of the NFL's Players Association, he talked about what the 17 game season means. I do understand that there were some players who felt passionately about not playing a 17th game. I also know that there were a lot of players who said that they would play a 17th game if the overall package was right. And that's Demora Smith. He was on Key joined Keyshawn, Zubin, J, I mean, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zoom in the morning show. And he talked about just that this this is what the 17 games was going to mean. It was going to mean more and more money on both sides. We knew that it was going to come down to something. And it and it came down to you know, obviously the players had to give up something. If you're going to give up one preseason game, then you got to give up something else. And what they gave up was one regular or what they gained was one regular season game. It's one thing when players say it, but when prominent players kind of talk about it, I think people listen a little bit more. And Aaron Rodgers, he, he had some thoughts on what a 17 game season would mean. I wasn't a fan back when we talked about it last February uh, in Indy with the owners. At that point, I think things were already past even negotiating. Um, they made it known that uh, the 17th game was just to pay for the uh, benefits, as they called it, for the you know in the new collective bargaining agreement that the players wanted. Um, but I don't think there's anything in that about uh, player safety. It's more about uh, revenue uh, generation. Um, obviously, it was a, a difficult year for everybody. In the NFL, we had uh, down revenue based on not having the fans, and obviously the experience of game day was way, 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 way different this year than in years past. But uh, we knew, and, and we told the, the membership, uh, I was very vocal about it when there was a vote on the CBA last year, if you guys vote for this and vote yes, there will be 17 games. And here we are. It's going to be 17 games. That was Aaron Rodgers on SportsCenter a couple weeks back just talking about the 17-game season. Look, and I'll go behind the curtain even more for you guys. So me as a former player, uh, there's benefits that former players who play the game don't necessarily get because of the revenue sharing and the revenue that's shared between the players and the owners. You only have so much, and only so much can go around. I've learned this before. As a active player, the NFL is geared toward the active player, not necessarily the former player. Like once you're done playing in the NFL, you're a former player. When you're the active player, the attention is all on you. You get all the resource, whatever you need, you get everything. But in order to get some of the resources for former players, so in order to get some of the resources and things in which the active players wanted more of, the NFL said, well, we're not going to give a bigger chunk. We need to gain more. How do we gain more? And that was the way. 
adding a 17th game because you weren't going to cut out preseason games because now you're losing out on money there in those concessions, television rights, television deals. But how about we add a 17th game? And that will now pay for a lot of the things or will now give a lot of the benefits to active players, to former players, to, you know, just the NFL in general, to a lot of the funds that were been these foundations, things that have been created. So I knew the 17 game season was going to happen and it finally happened. And so I want to get your thoughts now. What do you think about the 17 game season? 877-710-ESPN, 877 uh, let's go to the phone lines. I know a couple of people wanted to hit on. I want to get their thoughts on the 17 game season. Let's go to uh, let's go to Thomas. Thomas over in uh, Baldwin Hills. What's up, hey, Thomas? Hey, You're on hey, LA hey, Kurt, Weekly. Kurt. Hey, Kurt. So far, good show. Good show. But listen, Kurt. <laughs> What's up? Uh, 17 games. Come on now. I'm a general engineering contractor and a crane operator. Sometimes mm-hmm. we work 50, 60 hours a week. Uh, these dudes, uh, tell them don't be a bunch of weenies. They bring great entertainment for us. We love our football. We love our basketball. And then let's stop this preseason stuff. I love preseason. Give these young guys a chance to show their talent. We can see it. We, we, we love, I, at least me. I like the preseason because, hey, I want to see these, these guys are jockeying for jobs. People, they're complaining, oh, we don't want no preseason. No, yes, I want to see the – the, the new talent coming up. But tell these NFL players, stop going out to these clubs and all this bunch of nonsense that they be doing and spend time. You're working one hour a week. Mm. One hour. So tell them to stop this stuff. And also, Kurt. What's up, man? Okay. So, and also, I'm not for paying these uh, uh, players uh, for, for college. No. Give them a stipend for college. Uh, they're getting a quality education. Right. Uh, I say do not pay them. Uh, you getting paid with a quality education because what, what is the average player is four years in the NFL, not for long, right? Right. So I'm you. more for the education. To go to USC, one of these big colleges or whatever, and you got a solid degree, hey, I say give them a stipend. Because when you give them too much money, all they do is go out and waste it. And <laughs> right. buy a Ferrari, they tear it up. I hear you. No. Get your good – Man, good show, good show. I'm listening. I'm going to try to listen every Saturday. All right, man. Appreciate it, man. We got to call our group, man, all our callers, our family here, our L.A. Gridiron Weekly family. We got to come up with a name. So I'm, I'm putting it on you guys to call our names. Are we Saturday Grinders? What are we? Who are we, this group of us, when we come together on Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., following Dr. Clapper, L.A. Gridiron Weekly here on 710 ESPN. But, Thomas, I appreciate the, I appreciate the phone call. And he hit on a couple things there. Um, I, I think that's always going to be the perception for people outside the NFL um, that, oh, it's just an extra game. They only play for a week, um, this and that. I just know that the body, the toll that it takes, one extra game. Um, if it's one extra game to get to the, the playoffs or a meaningful game that you can play uh, that can put you in a good situation for um, you know the postseason – or incentives, you're going to get a lot of guys who look, are going to go out there and play because there's, there's incentive to. But you think about a team like the New York Jets last year who, or even the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we know the Jaguars finished up what, at 1-15, uh, and 15, I believe, and the Jets ended up 2-14. and 14. Think about adding another game to that. <laughs> okay. So 
just think about it. The Jaguars go 1-16 if they lost another game because they were trying to secure the number one pick. That's 16 games lost, one game won. And, look, I've been in those situations. I've been on a 2-14 and 14 team before, Thomas, and I can tell you I couldn't wait for the season to end. <laughs> I mean, we was done right after. We was done before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, we got another five weeks? We got another month of this? Getting our head beat in? Like, no, brother, I don't want no parts of this. But it was my job, and I upheld my job. I did my job to the best of my abilities. I was always taught, and I would learn this, that sometimes no matter what happens on the name on the front of the jersey, you still represent the name on the back of the jersey, right? And I had to go out there, regardless of the situation, I was going to play hard, do everything that I had. But sometimes, like I said, the incentive is not necessarily there. Well, we all work for incentive. True. Look, NFL players get paid. Trust, I get it. Look, I understand that part of it. But you also want to win. The sacrifice. I would sacrifice all week long, making sure everything that I did, the extra film study, taking care of my body, massages, chiropractor, everything, you know, health and wellness. I did a little yoga, Pilates. I was doing everything all week long. The sacrifices that you put your body through. And then on Sunday, knowing you don't have an opportunity to win the game or feeling like you're at a disadvantage to win the game, that is, that, that's, that's tough to deal with. And so that's the part that I think for me as the former player in me, when I talk about 17 games, that's the part that I'm feeling. Uh, another thing you hit on too, Thomas, is about paying players in college football. Yeah, to, I, I'm against paying players. And I look, I know people say, well, why, why are you against it? No, but I am for players, student-athletes, being able to monetize off their likeness. That's totally different. Paying players or college athletes is different than being able to monetize on their own. Put it like this. We see people with YouTube pages or, um, you know, the different forms of income that you can make through social media. If a, if a college athlete, a student athlete is able to get paid or make money off their likeness, I am all for it. They should be able to. But when it comes to actually physically paying to go, like, no, like, I get it. I got a scholarship to San Diego State University. Um, <laughs> is it still difficult to live off a college scholarship? And still, Yeah, it's difficult. Trust me. It is. And I've been with guys who had to pay for school and the, the struggles that they had. Everybody's just a struggle. We're all in our early 20s, you know, some teenagers trying to balance money for the first time in our lives, how to pay rent, how to eat. All the, Those are all the things that come 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 with being a collegiate athlete a student athlete or just an athlete in college so the paying part i don't believe you should pay a player to come to my school or you're paying them for what they're doing on the football field or or the basketball court whatever it may be but when it comes to likeness when it comes to my likeness meaning my name and if i can make and monetize my name off maybe a youtube channel or this channel or or, or something social media wise or signing some autographs, going down to a car dealership and, uh, and, 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 you know, helping sell cars, whatever it may be. I'm all for that. That's what I do applaud. So I want to make sure I get that part out there. Look, paying players. Yes. It's a lot of money in college sports, but paying. Yes. When I signed the contract to go to college, I was going there to get an education and play sports. Now, on during that time while I'm there, if I'm able to make money because of the person or the, the, the just the uh, the likeness uh, of myself, that's a totally different story. 
I should be able to reap the benefits of that. So definitely want to get into that. More of your phone calls, though, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. A couple more questions came in through the Instagram as well. Uh, Kirk, and this is at ddog304, will you be covering local high school football too? Hashtag LAGW. Yes, sir. Make sure we put that hashtag in there. Um, I'm going to cover college, I mean, high school and college uh, the best of my abilities. I think one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with right now this offseason is trying to get caught up on the high school, especially CIF, the California Interscholastic Federation, trying to get caught up on CIF football because I, I love high school football. I grew up in Northern California, played um, at Bishop O'Dowd High School in Oakland, and I know how great football is and what it's meant to my life and watching young high school players play. So I'm all in on high school football. The only, only tough part is trying to figure out, okay, who's playing, who's not playing, what's the record, how are we going to crown a state champion, and then we're going to roll this thing right back around in the fall. So I'm trying to keep up with high school football the best that I can, but I'm going to have some high school coaches on. I want to get their perspective as well. You know, I'm big fans of some programs around here. I actually got my start in broadcasting post-career calling high school football games. So being able to talk to a St. John Bosco coach and Jason Negro and, you know, Coach Rollison down there uh, at Modern Day, you know, those guys who are going to be putting some NFL players um, in, in, the, uh, in the NFL uh, in this year's draft as well. So I can't wait to, to talk to those guys. That's what this show is going to be about. It's football in Los Angeles, high school, college, NFL, anything. And if you have suggestions for me, don't feel afraid to re- to reach out. Reach out to me. I give you my at Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram, your questions, your thoughts, your comments. I will take them all. So 17-game schedule. I still want to hear what you think about that. But then also, too, what do you think about the draft coming up? Are you excited about the draft? Even if your team doesn't have a first-round pick or a high pick, are you excited about the 2021 NFL Draft? I know I am. I want to get your thoughts on that. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. More to come here on LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison on 710 ESPN. Stop. Drop. Shut him down. Open up shop, man. God rest his soul. Rest in peace, DMX. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to get a couple of uh, DMX sounds here uh, for the late rapper passed away, 50 years old. Um, complications from a heart attack. Um, it's about further, it's all we know. But um, he's a guy that, look, how does this relate to football? If you've been to a football game or you've been in an NFL locker room, a high school locker room, a college locker room, Pop Warner locker room, whatever it may be, you didn't heard some DMX because he has some music that will get you going, get you hyped up. Whether it's for a football game, like I said, you've heard his songs at weddings, concerts, everywhere. It was always some good music, man. So rest in peace to uh, DMX. But. Uh, the phone lines have been buzzing. Uh, I appreciate all the phone calls as well. Appreciate it because I love getting to know you, love getting to talk to you, and love to answer your questions and just get your thoughts on a lot of the uh, things that are going, around, uh, going on around football and around Los Angeles as well. 877-710-ESPN, 
710-337-7676. Again, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter. Uh, and let's go back to the phone line. Let's go to um, on the 405. John, on line two, on the 405. What's up, John? Hey, Kirk, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Where are you at on the 405? I'm, I'm okay. I'm about to get to Santa Monica. I'm driving to UCLA. Oh, so nice. This actually this actually feeds into my question about paying student athletes. So I'm a I'm a grad student at UCLA, um, and for uh, and specifically a doctoral student. For us, they pay us, so they give us a st- so they give us a scholarship, uh, and then they uh, so they w- so so they give us a, a scholarship, and then they give us a stipend to do Correct. research and, and teach and whatnot. So, how do you think that a student athlete, especially at like a big time football uh, program or big time basketball program is different than that right so i'm still getting a scholarship i'm still getting a degree i'm producing knowledge to the scientific community um and student athletes are doing something is it kind of similar or comparable i just i just want your take i don't i don't know i was just thinking about it and uh uh wanted to hear your take and then as a bonus uh, any thoughts on who my Panthers are going to pick at eight in the draft? Thanks for taking my phone call. I'll oh, John, yeah, appreciate it, John. Yeah, we love the 405. So it sounds like the 405 is open and moving today. No traffic. So appreciate that, John. But, yeah, so players are on scholarship, and they do receive a stipend. It's just like, hey, you're on scholarship, and now you're on your own. Um, you get a you get a scholarship. Um, it means, you know, room and board and, um, you know, school, all that stuff is taken care of. Um, and you get a stipend. Obviously, to uh, you know, for living expenses, things that you may need, and for in return is for you know, you know your talents on whatever sport you play, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, whatever it be, the athletic scholarship. You uphold your scholarship by bringing your athletic talents um, to the program, and so it's uh, it's a little bit different, right? Because if you're talking about paying for play, that's different because now you're talking about an actual franchise, right? You're talking about an organization. Now you're talking about, okay, we're paying players to come here. And it, it doesn't, it, it takes away from the, the school aspect of it. It takes away from the student aspect of it. Cause these are collegiate institutions, right? These aren't football team. If you want to go play football, you can go right ahead and go to some other leagues. The NFL we know has a rule that you cannot Go to college. I mean, sorry, you cannot come to the NFL until you're three years removed from high school. You cannot play in an NFL game until you're three years removed from high school. So that's why you see a lot of guys, they'll go to college, they'll play three years, and they'll move on. Um, And so I I don't think it's a situation in which, um, you know, colleges at some point are going to pay the players. I I just don't never see – I never see that happening. But I think what we have turned a corner is that, you know, athletes or players who can now monetize, who can now do some things in terms of creating wealth or creating some some money and opportunities by their name. I think we'll see more of that. OK, so I, I, I like that aspect of it. Right. Um, he mentioned he's a UCLA guy. And uh, just think about UCLA. They got a quarterback right now, Dorian Thompson Robinson. We're going to get to as well when we talk about UCLA and their upcoming season. But Dorian Thompson Robinson has a YouTube channel and he's got a nice little following. People follow him. He's very creative. He's an artiste as well. All right. He's an artist, do, do, uh, does a lot brand in terms of, uh, you know, clothes and, and music, all that stuff. So Dorian Thompson Robinson has it and he does not. 
monetize it. He cannot monetize it right now because of NCAA rules. If he collects money or got paid for the viewership on his private, I mean, on his YouTube channel, if he collects money from that, he will get in trouble. But he's actually, I think, setting himself up. So when he does decide to leave UCLA and go to the next level, the NFL, I think he's an NFL caliber player. He's already got a following. He'll already have it already set up for him. And then he can start to monetize unless the rule comes down that he's able to do that while he's in college. So that's something that I think we'll see more from players who have that notoriety. And Dory Thompson Robinson at UCLA, he does have. In terms of the other question that John had for for Carolina, I don't know what they do at eight. Um, pick eight, they just traded for Sam Darnold from the New York Jets. Um, so at pick eight, are they going to be still quarterback needy? Probably not. So they're probably can they're able to get maybe the best player available to them, which could be an offensive tackle. Got a couple who will be right there. I don't think the the best player who many people think in his draft is uh, the tight end wide receiver out of Florida in Kyle Pitts. I don't think he's going to last to eight. <laughs> people will, uh, I believe the Panthers are at eight or nine. I forget, uh, but you, 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 yeah, I don't think that he'll be there and be available for them. And uh, so, yeah, I'll see what they decide to do. And yes, the Panthers they are picking at eight. So I don't know if Kyle Pitts will be there for them. But we'll see. We will definitely see. Uh, more of your phone calls here. Let's go to uh, who we got coming up. Let's go to the uh, Nick over in Palisades. What's up, Nick? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? Uh, this is my first time calling. Um, first time listening, really, and uh, I love your takes. I, I was going to ask you about the 17-game uh, season, but, you know, I, I heard you uh, I heard you know you guys talking about paying college athletes, and I – I had one suggestion that I thought maybe um, you you would find interesting, and it's um, not necessarily paying the athletes, but setting up some sort of profit revenue sharing. If like if you're on a team that goes really far to a national championship, um, you get a percentage of that money after you graduate of that TV money. Mm-hmm. Well, see now, but to see what the the television contracts uh, that go along with it, and this is the hard part, is that they're all they're all licensed through the conference. So it's actually actually revenue sharing through fourteen. Like just say, for me, uh, I'm, I'm covering the Vanderbilt Spring Game next weekend. So in covering the Vanderbilt Spring Game, I know that it's going to be on the SEC network. Well, the SEC network is governed by the SEC. Okay, and so and and ESPN. So they have that partnership and the revenues that are generated, they go through, um, you know, it's shared between all the universities within uh, the SEC. And so that money is going to all the different programs, not I mean, not program, but different sports teams. I don't think it's something they can set up for after. You know what I mean? And now you're talking about people choosing school because of what I'm going to get afterwards. So. It's all about level playing field. This is where the NCAA has to come in on it. That's why I always think that it's going to be difficult to pass certain things like this along. But if in terms of just likeness, I think that is something that you'll be able to get more of, you know, coming up. So appreciate the phone call, Nick. I I really do. That was a great phone call. Anytime, come on in, 877-710-ESPN. But right now, it's the two-minute warning.
the two minute drill, a lot of news and notes that I want to get to before the show ends. And again, another great show as well. I, I appreciate all the fan interaction, the phone calls, the tweets. Um, look, I, I enjoy it knowing that I can bring a program to you, the fans, myself as well. I call it us, our family here on LA Gridiron Weekly. 877-710-ESPN is the number. So we got a lot. We, we covered a lot today. We talked a lot about the Matthew Stafford trade. What does this mean for the Rams? What does it mean also for Jared Goff? What to expect from Matthew Stafford now? We even talked about what? Talked about the center position. And if you missed that, make sure if you're just tuning in now, go to our Twitter page, go to our Instagram page, click on ESPN Los Angeles, find this show, LA Gridiron Weekly. It's on demand. It is a podcast as well, so you can listen to it. We'll talk about the two centers in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. A position you may not talk about enough, but we got uh, in depth for a little bit here on LA Gridiron Weekly. Uh, Miles Simmons, he joined us. Pro Football Talk had some great uh, conversation pieces, you know, just talking about the Rams and coming from St. Louis to Los Angeles. We got into a lot of that as well. Um, and so I want you guys to remember, listen to that interview also. Next week coming up, we're going to get into a little more draft stuff. We got a lot of draft eligible players coming out of USC, highlighted by Elijah Vera Tucker. You see, I'm in Ross St. Brown. So you have that going on. Demetric Felton, Adigizua as well um for ucla so i want to get into a lot of draft stuff and we'll get some thoughts on what the rams what the Chargers are going to do in the draft so we got more of that but man for myself kirk morrison steve pallet my uh engineer today this has been la gridiron weekly on 710 espn